Stop right there. I'm in. You are? Just like that? Yeah. I, I need friends. Welcome to the Suicide Squad cast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Well, I'm a big fan of what DC Comics is doing on the big and small screens, and I want to make sure that I talk all about it. So thank you for joining me tonight. Let's get started. My name is Scott, and I'm one half of the Suicide Squad cast. Uh, We're kind of sort of in the missing Tim formation tonight, guys. Uh, So here's the deal. Uh, Tim apparently was very jealous about my story about the stomach bug that I had a couple of weeks ago, so he decided to go off and get his own. So he's feeling like crap. And, you know, we tried to get one of our other hosts from one of the other shows to come on tonight. And they're all lazy bums. And, you know, they just didn't want to join me tonight. It hurts my feelings some. So what Tim and I decided to do is you're going to get to listen to me talk for just a little bit. And I'll hit some of the big news from the week. And then as a special treat, uh, Tim, through the magic of editing, is going to come in and actually splice in part two of our listener Q&A trilogy that we actually recorded last week. So do not worry. You don't have to listen to me for the entire show. But I did want to get started tonight, since you are stuck with just me for the first part. Uh, we got one iTunes review, written review this week, which means that this wraps up our latest giveaway. So I wanted to read that review, and then I wanted to announce the winner. Our review on iTunes is called Refreshing by Ryan 09090909. Uh, Ryan writes, There are a lot of reasons people hate on the DCE. And a lot of it is tribalism, which could mean the Marvel tribe, or the Silver Age Superman tribe, or the small but fevered anti-Snyder tribe. It always has a lot to do with the fact that these films are challenging and less formulaic than the average tentpole release. In any case, an anti-DCEU narrative has been created, and the movie, quote, news, runs with it for clicks. It's nice to see an outlet for intellectually honest perspectives on these films. I adore the DCEU, and it's a pleasure to hear you guys discuss it. Love. Well, thank you. Ryan, we appreciate your review, and you are our 10th and final review of this giveaway cycle. So let's quickly run through the contestants of this contest. Uh, The last 10 reviews are in this order. Number one, Vegas Wells. Number two, Glitch After Glitch. Number three, Camaro Addict. Number four, JTSA9. Number five, BimJigDDW from Ireland. Uh, Number six, Naruto Oblivion. Number seven, Magic Man 7. Number 8, Danny Neba. Number 9, Jor S, also from Ireland. And then, of course, number 10, Ryan 09090909. Well, we go to random.org for a true random number generator and going from 1 to 10. And the winner is number 5, which is BMDGJTTDDW from Ireland. I remember his review because he said that we were great crack. And then I had to ask Twitter what crack was. And apparently it's a great time. So thank you. Well, we appreciate your review. And if you would uh, get in touch with us about um, what DC trade paperback, 15 American dollars or less that you would be interested in, what we would request is that maybe you can go to amazon.co.uk and find a link to a DC trade paperback that would equivalent would be the equivalent of uh, $15 or less. And uh, just um, email it to us or 
tweet Tim at, at @AllenFire, and we will get that sent out to you. And thank you so much for listening, and thank you so much for all of your reviews, which means on the next show, we will be starting fresh with the next 10 for the next giveaway. All right, guys, let's get on to the news. Um, kind of really getting excited for Wonder Woman coming up, and uh, Patty Jenkins had this interview with comicbook.com where she talked a lot about Wonder Woman, and there were some really awesome quotes that we um, were able to pull from this, uh, with Patty talking about the humor in Wonder Woman compared to uh, BVS and Suicide Squad. Patty said, I think there's funny things in both of those films, but we definitely went for making a funny film. I was always basing it on Superman 1 and on Indiana Jones. I want to make a classic film where you're laughing and you're in love with them, and then they're off on a great adventure. It's definitely in the pursuit of our film. Well, I like hearing that, especially with the Indiana Jones comment, because that's that's a great little model to build off of. And Jenkins continues to talk about how Richard Donner's Superman was a, you know, kind of a turning point for her. So I'm, I'm not surprised to hear that. Uh, w- when Patty was asked uh, if there are any ties to BVS, she said there are things here and there, but it's a standalone film. It should succeed to people who have seen Batman v Superman or not seen anything, which I think we all have talked about before. We know there are going to be the bookend scenes. There's going to be the scene at the beginning. There's going to be a scene at the end that will probably speak to someone who saw Batman v Superman. But yeah, I mean, since it's an origin story and it's basically a flashback, I'm not shocked that, you know, that this Wonder Woman film is is essentially a standalone film. Uh, She was also asked why she thought Ares would be the right adversary for Wonder Woman. And she said, I mean, I think he's the biggest villain of Wonder Woman's world. And so I think if you're going to start off big, start off right with the greatest villain. It was a great delight to place him in the world in a way that he believes in exactly what a true Ares does and what kind of havoc would Ares wreak on this planet and how. There's some pretty good jobs to put them in for that. And then it was interesting. Um, Comicbook.com asked her about how Thor the Dark World influenced the film because, once again, if you're not familiar with, Patty Jenkins was the original director for Thor the Dark World and she left that uh, over creative differences. So, you know, it was interesting. And then her comments were, I mean, they're very similar in a lot of ways. It's a lot of the same questions and a lot of the same struggles that I was interested in Thor's story are here. Although in that case, it was the second movie, so it could never have been as pure and as simple of an arc. So I really think it was meant to be that I ended up doing this one, which I'd always wanted to do anyway. And I got to do it in a kind of bigger and pure arc rather than putting it in that other story. Okay. And even though I would be interested to see what she would have done with Thor The Dark World, not exactly one of my favorite MCU films. So eh, I'm just, I'm glad that I've got her. I'm just glad that we've got her for Wonder Woman. Now we had a really cool interview come out from the UK newspaper, The Independent, uh, who was interviewing Kieran Hines, who, I, this is actually the very first confirmation uh, of a November 2015 report that we even talked about in the show from The Wrap that Kieran was going to be playing Steppenwolf. Now, once again, Kieran Hines is known primarily from uh, playing in Game of Thrones and then also personally, one of my favorites, he would play Julius Caesar in Rome on HBO. But in this interview, he confirmed that, yes, he did motion capture work and voice work for Steppenwolf in Justice League. Now, I don't know how I missed this. I love the John Borman movie Excalibur, which I'm sure many of you know was a heavy influence on Batman v Superman. I mean, there's a poster, uh, Doc Awkward and Sam from the Justice League Universe podcast have talked a lot about uh, Zack Snyder's uh, love and how ex- of that film and how Excalibur influenced BVS. How I missed it, Kieran Hines was actually in Excalibur. I, I don't know why, but this is what he this is what he said. Uh, Kieran said, they were great fans of Excalibur 
or Zack and his team. Maybe that's how I got the role? Who knows? There's a bit when they're walking in Gotham City and suddenly on a marquee of a cinema you see Excalibur playing. And then they brought up the moment at the end of BVS, spoilers from a movie this year old, when Doomsday and his giant, like, spear bone thing, you know, impales Superman. And Kieran says that's exactly what happened to Excalibur when Nigel Terry, who played King Arthur, was pierced by a Mordred. And then, you know, he went on to confirm that he performed the role of uh, Steppenwolf via motion capture. It was a first time for him. You know, he talked about the cameras being strapped to him and his body being received in a what he called a very tight and embarrassing suit covered with sensors. And Kieran said, basically, they're going to construct something digitally and then they will use my eyes and mouth. And he then revealed that he actually got in touch with uh, another, you know, well-known Irish actor by the name of Liam Neeson, who's a friend of his. And because uh, Liam Neeson had been mo- mo-capped in the movie A Monster Calls. And Kieran said that he, that Liam Neeson sent him a little pamphlet of stuff with him looking much more elegant than I was, he had to say. And this is an interesting quote that's been making its rounds around the internet. And it's kind of our first indication of how the character of Steppenwolf is being written in Justice League and how Kieran played him. Kieran said, he's old, tired, still trying to get out of his own enslavement to Darkseid. He has to keep on this line to try and take over worlds. Now, this is very nuanced and a very different take on Steppenwolf than we've ever seen before. I mean, usually Steppenwolf is just kind of a mustache twirling, ha 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 ha, you know, I, either a, a goon of Darkseid or uh, has aspirations of his own to kind of conquer a world. But this is this is a very different kind of Steppenwolf. And it and I feel like with this description, if you've seen any of Kieran Hines' work, this makes even more sense why he was chosen for the role. So I'm excited. I was excited when I heard that, that rap report. I'm even more excited to know that it is true and that it is happening. I just can't wait. Uh, this quick little Aquaman thing. I'm not sure this is important. I just thought it was cute. But uh, Amber Heard posted a picture of her and Jason Momoa really kind of bonding and look like they're just kind of having fun uh, on the set of Aquaman. And uh, Amber wrote on uh, on her Instagram post of the picture. It said, hashtag Aquaman crush Monday. And then she said, hashtag Justice League. So I don't know. It's just, I, I like those two looking like they're actually like enjoying working together and kind of looks like, you know, a big brother and a little sister. Of course, Jason Momoa will make anybody look little when you're sitting next to him. So I'm not surprised there. Uh, the This was another interesting comment, kind of playing back off the news last week when we talked about the Joss Whedon's and talks to write, direct, and produce a Batgirl solo film. And apparently the Toronto Sun interviewed Patty Jenkins about, you know, her thoughts on that news. And Patty Jenkins said, I don't even know if that deal is done or not. I don't have the inside scoop on that, but if it's done, then I'm excited about it. I think it's super exciting. The tone of Joss's work is great for female superheroes. He takes such a fun approach, and I think he'll have fun in the DC Universe, which will be excited and which will be excited to have him. And then uh, Jenkins went on to talk about, you know, the the diversity of directors and styles in the DCEU, if, especially if Whedon joins. And Jenkins went on to say, there are a lot of directors I'm really excited about, and the storylines are all vastly different, with different tones and very different approaches to storytelling. I think there's a treasure trove of great characters here. Jason is off to do Aquaman right now. That's such a cool story. It has its own vibe and dynamic completely. I'm excited to see each one of these films. So, ah, Jenkins, Patty, Patty, if you're listening, I know you are. Um, you are a great ambassador for the DCEU. I, I just love your energy and your enthusiasm. It's just fantastic. Um, just a quick little side note. If you've not seen it, there's a real 
really interesting picture floating around the social media today. Zack Snyder tweeted out this picture of Henry Cavill at his first, um, I think, audition or costume test for Man of Steel, and he's actually dressed in the classic Christopher Reeve Superman costume. Yeah, man, Henry looks young, and it was only like three years ago, but yeah, go check out this photo. It's really, it's, it's really awesome. Uh, small little news about Suicide Squad. Uh, apparently, not only was the soundtrack a, you know, a gold record and, you know, it had some hot singles being released on it. Apparently, Atlantic Records uh, EVP Kevin Weaver was really excited about the success of the music. He, on Instagram, he basically posted a list of uh, the different, you know, streaming numbers for the four major singles that came off of the Suicide Squad soundtrack with the uh, with the uh, message over one billion streams on Spotify alone for the four Suicide Squad singles and this comes only eight months since the release of the project. Thank you to everyone who rocked these records over and over all around the world. Squad 2, Gotham City Sirens and more coming your way soon. Uh, and then he added 1.5 billion streams to date on YouTube of our four Squad music videos. Mind-blowing. Now, a little interesting thing here, that 2.5 billion streams are just on Spotify and YouTube because Apple Music and Google Play Music don't make their stats public. So, th- And those are two major streaming services that, you know, didn't report the numbers. So the the numbers probably are even larger than that. And then Richard Suckle, who was a producer on Suicide Squad, replied to Weaver's post and, te- and teased that bigger things were to come in Suicide Squad 2, saying, we must do it again. Just wait for Squad 2 soundtrack. So, hey, I'll take it. I thought the soundtrack was awesome to those movies. Uh, so that was kind of a quick little relay of some of the bigger stories. Uh, there was that Jeff Johns comment uh, about the hope human uh, hope, humor and heroics, but I kind of want to save that for when Tim is here. I think it'd be really good to discuss that in an upcoming episode. So I think I'll, I'm, I'm, I'm not ignoring it. I just want to save it for when Tim is here. A uh, little bit of TV news. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard, but Stephen Amell, our Oliver Queen on the DCCW, has officially announced that he will be appearing on American Ninja Warrior, which was a promise he made long ago that I think if the show got renewed for a sixth season or something that he would be on the show. And he confirmed his appearance uh, through a tweet uh, stating, You will be entertained! <laughs> well, I, of course, had to tweet back a, um, a gladiator gif just because. Uh, Amel will appear on American Ninja Warrior as part of a celebrity competition during Red Nose Week, which is a comedy charity week which will benefit children in poverty. Each celebrity cont- contestant will be coached by an experienced competitor, and Amel will be coached by Casey Canizaro, the first woman to reach the finals. Now, I had to double-check myself because I just realized that I didn't bother to write down the date for that, and he will be appearing on NBC on May 25th. So if you are an Amel fan and you want to see him on American Ninja Warrior, uh, that would be the date. Then, uh, we've already been contacted on Twitter. I know I know that digitally, uh, the new DC animated movie Teen Titans, The Judas Contract uh, was released this week. Kind of the same situation with Justice League Dark. We probably won't do a review until sometime after April 18th, which is the date that the physical release uh, comes out. I've actually already pre-ordered mine from Target.com because I gotta get me my steelbook. So uh, we'll do, we'll do, we'll probably do a Judas Contract review sometime after the 18th after my physical copy comes in. I don't know if Tim's bought the, the digital copy or not, but people have already been asking us, and so that is what's going on with that. And of course, if you've already gotten the digital release of Judas Contract, there is 
a uh, there's some fe- there's a featurette that is of course touting the next new DC animated direct to video release, which is Batman and Harley Quinn. Uh, interesting things came out of that. One, we learned that Big Bang Theory star Melissa Rauch, who plays Bernadette, will be voicing Harley Quinn in this movie. Uh, of course, Kevin Conroy is coming back as you know Batman. Uh, we knew from images that Batman and Harley Quinn will feature the animation style of Batman the Animated Series, specifically uh, the new Batman Adventures. That sort, uh, if you're going by the DVDs, the fourth volume. And uh, apparently, Bruce Tim, we knew that he'd come up with the story for Batman and Harley Quinn, but it turns out he also co-wrote the script with Jim Krieg, and that he's serving as an executive producer with Sam Register. And then Sam Liu is directing. So you know, a lot of a lot of uh, you know famous DC Warner Brothers animation people involved in this one. Uh, that animated movie will be coming out this summer. So with the summer releases, that's probably going to be like mid to late July. That's just a guess. We'll keep you informed once we actually have a release date. Oh, and by the way, just as a little little tidbit, they are re-releasing the 2009 Wonder Woman animated film in May. The one that had Kerry Russell and Nathan Fillion and Alfred Molina. We've actually done a review of that. You can go back and check out our past episodes. But they are re-releasing it, and it will have additional special features. So it's one of those things that if you're kind of a completist, even though if you already own the Wonder Woman movie, uh, which was a fantastic animated movie, there will be new bonus features uh, that will accompany this re-release. And kind of lastly, before Tim's going to jump on here and splice in our Q&A, there is a Bill Finger documentary that was announced that was going to appear on Hulu, and Hulu has finally announced the premiere date of that. Uh, Hulu's documentary uh, called Batman and Bill will debut on Hulu on May 6th. The description coming from Hulu says, everyone thinks that Bob Kane created Batman, but that's not the whole truth. One author makes it his crusade to seek justice for Bill Finger, a struggling writer who was the key figure in creating the iconic superhero from concept to costume to the very character we all know and love. Bruce Wayne may be Batman's secret identity, but his creator was always a true mystery. Uh, Directors Don Argett and Sheena M. Joyce sought out those associated with the situation, so the documentary will feature Mark Tyler Nobleman, who is the crusading author that was mentioned in the description. He wrote a a biography of uh, Bill Finger and was kind of the one who really sort of spearheaded the movement to as Tim and I talked about like in 2015 the hashtag give finger a hand Uh, they also talked to Michael Uslan who is the Batman film producer Uh, Athena Finger who was Bill Finger's kind of long lost granddaughter that Mark Tyler Nobleman discovered and realized oh Finger still has some living relatives and they also talked to Althea Mariota who is the Finger family attorney if you're not aware of this uh, in September 2015, DC Comics and its parent company, Warner Brothers, began crediting Finger as a co-creator of Batman. DC had previously given Bob Kane sole credit as creator of Batman due to a contract signed with National Comics, which was the predecessor to DC Comics. At actually, Gotham, the TV show, was the first one to feature the credit. They're in credits of Batman created by Bob Kane with Bill Finger. And then, I think, Dark Knight 3, the Frank Miller comic, was the first time in print we saw it. And then, of course, Batman v Superman was the first time that we saw the shared credit on the big screen. Now, I had mentioned before, back in 2015, when we first talked about the whole Bill Finger situation, that I helped kickstart a documentary about Bill Finger. This is not this documentary. This is actually a separate documentary. But if you're interested in learning about Bill Finger and his contributions to Batman, you definitely need to check out this documentary on Hulu, May 6th. Well, I believe that wraps up the news for this week, and I'm going to toss it over to Tim and myself answering your questions in part two 
of the all-listener Q&A. So, Scott, we've been wanting to do this part two of our all-listener Q&A trilogy for quite some time, but we've had lots of things kind of jump in the way. Yeah, like just like trailers, you know, (laughs) Wonder Woman trailers. Director announcements. Like actual news. And uh, that also brings up the fact that this is being pre-recorded. So any any and all answers we give to these questions are valid answers as of when we actually recorded this episode, (laughs) depending on whenever we need to actually drop it. Right. And we'd also say that some of the questions that are being asked were valid at the time that they were asked. <laughs> Some things have changed since the questions have been asked, but we're, we're just going to kind of sort through it. So Yes, exactly. So we'll try to at least address your question, even if it's already been answered or it's moot at this point. Okay, so our first question of tonight comes from Ryan Cameron, who asks, at Suicide Squadcast, what are your top three DC Rebirth stories so far? Ooh. Well, you are way more caught up than I am. Uh, am I? Really? I am I am almost certain of it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's 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 sad for you, Tim. It is, it's sad. I, I literally have no time. <laughs> okay. Uh, definitely, number one, I'm going to start off with Son of Superman, which was the first six-issue arc of Patrick Gleason and uh, Peter Tomasi's Superman. I loved that arc. Um, after that, um, The Return of Wally West, the opening arc in Titans, I really loved because I love seeing Wally back, and it ties so well into the whole Watchmen storyline that's going on in Rebirth. And, ooh, you got one? I got to think about a third yeah, one. Yeah, let me, let me think throw one out there. So I've, I'm most caught up on the Detective Comics arc, and I've really enjoyed the the weird kind of ty- team dynamics that they developed with that. Uh, you know, throwing Clayface in there with Robin and Orphan and and uh, Spoiler with Batwoman as well. So I, I've actually really liked that one quite a bit. I And I thought I was going to dislike it. Uh, the first arc or the second The arc? first arc. Rise of the Batman. Yeah, Rise of the Batman. So I, I really like that one. I was really impressed with the artwork as well from, I think it's Eddie Barrows. Uh, so uh, I, would, I would pick that one. I'm mostly caught up on the Batman related parts of Rebirth right now but uh, the rest of it I'm just uh, it's kind of like my summer reading coming up. Ooh okay I know what my third one is. What's that? Dark Trinity the first arc of Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay. That book uh, if you're not reading that I read all the Red Hood New 52 stuff and it's still being written by uh, Scott Lobdell but there was a jump in quality from any of the New 52 Red Hood books to that first arc which teams up Red Hood with Artemis and Bizarro, and it was a fantastic arc. Hmm, okay, so so that tells you how how caught up I am. Is that basically I've read the first arc of almost everything, but yeah, definitely the first arc of Titans, uh, the first arc of Superman, and the first arc of Red Hood and the Outlaws. Excellent, I've loved those. Okay, oh very good. We had a second question from Ryan Cameron, and this was: Do you think we will see Joker in Justice League? Maybe mid or post credit scene? Uh, I say no. Yeah, I say no as well. I, I don't think. I, I for one, I think he would be an unnecessary addition to it. I think Joker is best going to play kind of in the Batman side of the DCEU, and uh, that's kind of where it should play. I mean, I think we've already kind of got that crossover outside of the Batman part of the DCU over in Suicide Squad, and I don't really, at this point, I don't see any need for it to go beyond that. And then Ryan asks, who would you choose to play Darkseid in the DCEU? Oh. Which is an interesting question, because I can imagine Darkseid being a CGI character, so it's really whose voice do I want to have for Darkseid in the DCEU? Right. And, and, and I think whatever voice they pick, I personally don't think it should be like some non-modulated or some, you know, adjusted type of voice. Like, so from that standpoint, I don't know that it needs to be anybody famous. Yeah, I just, I don't know because I'm sorry, I, I have the animated series. Michael Ironside is who I hear when I hear Darkseid. <laughs> yeah. And it's going to be really hard for me to hear anybody else. So, uh, 
I got no, I got nothing for this question to be honest with you because all I hear is Michael Ironside. Yeah. But they shouldn't do him because he's the animated series. Right. So for me, just because of the way Darkseid looks, I don't think it needs to be anybody in particular that uh, you know of any of any note really. I would save like uh, you know some more of the known actors out there for something like maybe a Brainiac or something where you can maybe have a little bit more um, you know of the human look to the character. Oh, sorry, Ryan. That's we we got nothing right <laughs> That's now. That's about the best we got. And I like this one from Scott Lehrer who asks, "Do you?" see Mr. Miracle being in a DCEU. I hope so. <laughs> They're doing new gods. They're that, doing he, new gods, he, yes. That he has to be. I'm sorry, yes. So, but the the risk is, okay, I mean, new gods is quite complicated, so I don't know how much and how complicated they're going to make things in, you know, what we're going to see in this opening salvo with Justice League, but I would love to see, I would love to see Mr. Miracle because I, I love the costume, for one thing. I, I think those colors would just fit great in any kind of film, uh, and then, you know, him riding on his little discs, uh, I would love to see that as well, and, you know, of course, he has a history of being uh, in one incarnation of the Justice League. So who knows? You know, I, I think he could be a really unique character. Okay. Uh, our next one comes from our buddies over at DC On Screen. They they asked, um, when do you guys want to do another crossover? <laughs> Hashtag down the clown. And there's this great <laughs> gif of two hands, like a little girl and a little boy, just kind of touching fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Boy, I'll tell you what. We've done Batman and Robin with these guys. Because that's kind of our thing with them, right? It's just, just pick a film that... It's something that we can make us curse. Because... <laughs> Because we can go curse on their show. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So you know, I've been I've been pushing for us to do Catwoman. You've been pushing way too hard for that. Yeah, because I've never seen it. I've seen little bits of it. It was awful, and I kind of want to just like just dive into that awfulness. But but they, but but Dave's asking when Tim when. Well, and I and I've talked to Dave about this. I said you know honestly it's going to be quite later in the year because we have so many different you know things going on. We have we have uh, it's not announced, but we have a crossover event that we're going to be doing with somebody you may know by now by the time you hear this but we have a crossover event that we're going to do uh, with somebody outside of our network and then we're going to do some crossovers within network so we have to do all that we're also going to be doing something with Rebecca Johnson from Supergirl Radio so we have a lot of things kind of like in a busy time for us personally that we're going to be doing so uh, we'll do something with DC on screen later in the year so hang in there guys so we have a question here from Colin Smith and Colin asks for your question show which DC character not yet promised to appear do you want to see in the DCEU long list yeah I'm gonna go ahead with my number one uh, Red Hood okay I want I want Red Hood in the DCEU I really do and since we probably have Jason in the DCEU I want Red Hood okay yeah I uh, I would be okay with it if it's a little bit further down the road oh yeah 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 because we got way too many back characters showing up right now yeah yeah but I could see Red Hood being a legit R-rated DCEU movie no doubt no doubt and and uh, yeah I want that so if they play that storyline out that could be really cool the characters that kind of pop into my mind I go back to Justice Leaguers. I want to see Booster Gold and I want to see Blue Beetle. Like, I want to see the, the classic Ted Cord Blue Beetle. You, you want you want the Bwahaha era. Uh, not, it doesn't have to be that type of take on those characters, but I just want to see those guys because, I mean, I just think they would be a, a ton of fun to watch, especially Booster Gold. And, you know, maybe you know maybe that's a character that, like, Aaron Sorkin would write. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there, but I don't know. So I would pick one of those couple guys. I would also pick against, kind of centering on Justice League, maybe like a Captain Adam because I think that would be like um, a power set that we haven't really quite seen, you know, in any kind of superhero film up to this point. I still want to, and I also still want a Man of Steel 2 with 
Brainiac as the bad guy. Because mm-hmm. I, st- I still want to see a cinematic Brainiac. Okay. Yeah, and my last one would be Firestorm. Like, I want to see, a, like, a Ronnie Raymond or a Jason Rush type of Firestorm combination on the big screen. Because, like, what they're doing on, what you know, what they're doing on a small screen is, is okay. It's just not enough for me. Like, I, I want a full-blown Firestorm in costume, you know, with the flaming hair and all that. So Okay, well, uh, next question comes from DCEU Positivity, and they ask, what were your favorite films of 2016, and what are you excited to see this year, besides the obvious? <laughs> um, 2016, it's a film that I've seen really recently that I really, really enjoyed. Uh, it was Passengers. Like, I really have liked that film. I've seen it three times in probably about a three-week period here. It just, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a sucker for a good sci-fi, so I've, I I just had a had a ton of fun just kind of putting myself into that setting, and, you know, and they're on this journey going from our planet to another star and all that, so it's, uh, and then, of course, all the storyline that goes around that with the characters in the film, and uh, so I, I, that's one I think about quite a bit, and my wife really liked it as well, so that one just kind of really resonated with my family. Uh, 2016 for me, besides Batman v Superman, which is the obvious one, um, in order that they, in order that they were released, I would say The Nice Guys, The Accountant, and La La Land. Uh, I mean, and of those three, La La Land was, I I still have that CD playing in my car right now, (laughs) so um, yeah, those were my those are the my three favorites of 2016 beyond Batman v Superman. With Batman v Superman being you know my favorite comic book movie of the year, mm-hmm. and it competing with La La Land for my favorite movie of 2016 in its entirety. Okay, yeah, I mean, I kind of just figured Batman v Superman goes without saying. You would think, yes, yeah. So, and then what? Excited for in 2017. Hmm. I mean, if you take out comic book movies, because obviously we're excited for all of those. Yeah, I'm excited for Dunkirk. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because I, I just I like Nolan. I, I like Nolan films, so I I want to see Dunkirk. Yeah, I want to see Alien Covenant. Oh yes, absolutely. War for the Planet of the Apes will be a good one. Yeah, I still have to see Dawn of the Planet of the Apes before I can see War. Um, oh, Blade Runner 2049. I am really looking forward to. That. I love Blade Runner. Yeah. So I'm really looking forward to that. So if, so if we're if we're just taking out the obvious of anything yeah. Marvel or DC, right? Those are those are I think our 2017 movies that I even know about. Who knows what's coming out that I don't even know is coming out yet. If we had a listen in front of us, we'd probably rattle off a few more that we're missing right now, but those are just the kind of ones that popped in my head anyway. Okay. And then DCEU Positivity asks, outside the DC films in The Last Photograph, what would you like Zach to direct next? Whatever he gosh darn wants. <laughs> I mean, on this one, if, if Zach was going to do another film, I, I, you know, I'm hopeful about how well-received Just League is going to be. You know, I, I don't I don't think it's going to be, a, a, you know, overwhelmingly received by everybody, because I think there's just too many varied opinions out there, but if it's received well enough, I'd love to see him continue on whatever storyline he's put out here in Justice League and to go into like a Justice League 2. Okay, and then we have a question here from Tom Groller, and Tom asks, what do you guys think can be done with the Deadshot film? So, I mean, I think there's all kinds of things you could do with that. I mean, it's a it's a I mean, it's a very classic kind of assassin type film. You can you can have a lot of fun with that. I I think you could do it without much interaction with any other characters. But see, I would almost want to have interaction with other characters. See, that's I I, I want him to be interacting with other assassins in the DC universe. You know, I could see it being like a John Wick kind of mm-hmm. movie 
movie, you know, where, you know, so maybe someone betrays, like, he does a job for, like, the Falcones or, uh, you know, n- name a crime family in the DC universe mm-hmm. and something goes wrong. But if it does, I want other, like, have Joe Meganello's Deathstroke show up and have, you know, oh, who's somebody else we could have, you know, oh, it, anyone from the League of Assassins, like, Bronze Tiger, you know, yeah, just, something. Just, just have them, like, cameo and just get in, like, get in the way, but have that structure where maybe he's getting revenge on someone who didn't pay him or something. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's something I could see happening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I kind of see it uh, where clearly he's kind of the center of it. You know, that's that's where he's going to excel uh, if he's the center of attention in the film. And uh, I don't know. So I I'm I kind of I'm kind of with you on the whole John Wick idea because I mean that was the one thing we kind of thought about before we had heard about Will Smith being cast. Is uh, we had actually kind of thought about Keanu Reeves would be perfect for this film uh, or for that role. And so, uh, but I can I can kind of see that kind of character arc being taken you know some kind of assassin it's got you know he's got to get some kind of revenge so i'd totally be down for that uh tom went on to also ask do you think the anti-monitor will be in the dceu at some point i believe so uh, but i that's i see that like way down the road because yeah, if you get any if you get any monitor you're gonna have to deal with some sort of crisis on infinite earth's kind of story even if you did something like an adaptation of uh jeff john's dark side war which i think is really where they'd go like they would take the, they would take their inspiration from Dark Side War if they want to put Andy Monitor into the DCEU. Well, what if we had in Justice League, I'm just kind of throwing this out there, like how cool would this be? If we just get this one little random scene where we see this satellite flying over the Earth and we see this kind of a silhouette of the Monitor himself starting to take stock of the different heroes and all that. And they could just kind of throw that one little scene in there and they don't even have to touch it for several films after that. But it's just like one of these little like precursor little Easter eggs thrown out there. Oh, and that's so deep cut though. That's so deep cut. Yeah, but the fan, the, the ones who really know the stuff would totally, you know, geek out over that. As long as it doesn't distract from the story for the general audience. But I mean, how right. cool would that be to just kind of like plant that seed real early on? Like I've always kind of said, I, you know, so I'm kind of thinking of Crisis on Infinite Earths here. I would love to see another scene of Barry Allen trying to go back and contact people, just kind of show up and and uh, like maybe even like in the Wonder Woman film, you know, where he's like trying to reach back in time and, and to get the word out to somebody and he just shows up like maybe Diana Prince. I, I think that would be real interesting. Yeah, but I don't want that in the Wonder Woman movie, to be honest with you. But I, I, I know you're coming from, yeah. though. No, I can definitely... I, yeah, I mean, that's probably not the right film. But, you know, there are some modern-day scenes in that film. So, who knows? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I don't want it to detract from the rest of the film. That's the only thing. So, you have to be real careful about it. But, you know, maybe such a scene can happen in, like, uh, you know, the ensemble film, like Justice League, or maybe even, like, a Suicide Squad sequel. Okay, cool. Well, our next question is an email from Brandon M., who writes, You guys have been a big inspiration to me with how positive you are with your podcast, and I am hoping to start up my own one day. My question for you is how did you guys decide to start up your own show? Thanks and keep up the awesome job defending the DCEU. Okay. I really think you have to talk to Tim about that because this was his brainchild. <laughs> okay. Uh, boy, I'll tell you what. Um, so what kind of really started this was you know, I spend two hours a day driving and so I started listening to lots of podcasts and uh, you know, I'm just a big DC fan so a couple years ago, you know, I was pretty frustrated with the shows that were out there that were just kind of like a week discussion about the latest DC movie news. And so I just wasn't happy with what I was seeing out there. And um, and in, even though like the popular show that was out there, it tended to be pretty uninformed or uh, incorrect with some of their information or just flat out kind of negative towards the DC films. And so that was real frustrating to me. So I was like, so my heart of hearts wanted to like, you know, I would love to start a podcast where we could just at least have some enthusiasm about the films because I mean, you know, this is like a dream come true for the, you know, those of us that have been doing this a long time. And so so I went and bought some
some equipment and I had no co-host. <laughs> and I started kind of like poking around different podcasts, like looking for somebody, looking for somebody that kind of had the personality that kind of had the good, I guess, radio personality, we'll, we'll say. And I actually came across Scott listening to an old Arrow TV talk, right? Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. I was I was a guest episode. Uh, I was a guest host for one episode. They were doing a retrospective of season one. And I, I got to talk about Dead to Rights, which was one of my favorite episodes from season one. And then at the end, for all the little special guest hosts, you got to do like a B-roll 10 minutes on a topic of your choice. And then I elected to talk about Batman, the animated series. And because I love that show and I, I've been watching that show from day one. So that's where Tim heard me first. Yeah. So Scott, in that episode, he had said, well, you can reach me on Twitter at this, you know, this Twitter address and all that. So I looked up Scott and you had like all of like maybe 10 followers or something at the time. (laughs) (laughs) If that, if that, if that. So I was like, okay, so let me see a little bit about this guy. Does he, is he a tool or not? You know, so I just took a little look. I'm like, hey, it seems to be kind of (laughs) normal. Whoa, I I fooled you, didn't I? (laughs) Fooled me. Yeah. So I took a little shot and I just kind of reached out to Scott. I'm like, hey man, would you be interested in possibly doing some kind of DC related podcast? And yeah, you responded back and said, yeah, let's talk sometime. And I can't remember the exact details, but we ended up like talking on FaceTime. Yeah, you FaceTimed me right before I went to go see The Man from Uncle. That's right. I remember yep. that. Yep. And so we were kind of like kicking around different ideas. And like, like my ultimate goal really was to do like a like a DC news type of podcast. But I mean, I, I, I've never podcasted before. I've never done anything like this. I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea how to even set up a podcast, but I wanted to try. And so, you know, once we started talking to Scott a little bit, I mean, I, I think we clicked pretty well. And we said, you know, let's let's kind of start zeroing in on something. And we said, well, let's do something that's not out there. And so we said, you know, the Suicide Squad film's coming up. Why don't we just kind of like do something focused on Suicide Squad? And I said, okay, let's try it. So we recorded one episode together. The Lost episode. The Lost episode, which we've talked about before. We had audio problems and I still got the episode, but there's a lot of like static in it. So it's just not a good listen. Oh, it's and it's just bad too. And it's just because bad. It our, it's yeah. just bad because it's our first attempt at any kind of podcasting yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. So we were covering the old Silver Age Suicide Squad uh, comic books and all. And then as soon as we did that one episode, I think we, and we, we never published that one. Uh, Scott and I both basically just said, you know what, let's review the Suicide Squad trailer, which we did. And that was our very first episode. And then as soon as we were done with it, I think that week after we published it, we said, let's pivot over and go all in with DCEU news. And we like, we made that change that quick. <laughs> but it all started from the fact that we were frustrated. I was frustrated from the fact that I loved Man of Steel. Mm-hmm, right. And it seemed like I was the only one in, there was the only one in my geek community who seemed to like it, you know, or or it felt that way. It, yeah. it, it felt very isolating to be a fan of that film. I couldn't find other podcasts to listen to that also liked that film. And I would grab onto people who uh, defended it, like Greg Katzman, who we've had on the show. Uh, and uh, I heard an interview with Supergirl writer Sterling Gates, and he defended it. And so it was like I was latching onto anybody who could, would say something nice about that film and would be genuinely positive about the news we were getting leading up to Batman v Superman. And so we just decided we we wanted to be the show that we wanted to listen to. Right. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what we, we kind of went for. And and uh, so, you know, we, we started off with the name. And how did we come up with, I think I we had talked about the name of the show because we were thinking that we would be a Suicide Squad focused show only at the time. And I think I sent you a message and I said, oh, I got the name, Suicide Squad Cast. <laughs> I don't know who came up with the name. I just remember that we were like, this is awesome. Yeah. So we said, okay, that name works. And then once we decided to pivot, we're like, well, we got to keep the name because the name just is awesome. <laughs> so, and we've had, you know, a lot of people suggest like, well, if you just change your name to like, you know, DC Film News or something like that, you know, people would understand a lot better. And I'm like, 
like, nah, I'm going to, you know, both Scott and I were like, no, we like the name. We're going to stick with it. <laughs> It'll catch on. <laughs> and, and I think it has. Yeah. So it's done. Yeah. It's done quite well. So that's our, so that's our secret origin. Yeah, that's a secret origin. Yep, for sure. All right. Uh, Zach Carlson asks, uh, which animated DC show or shows would you like to see adapted to live action? And then Zach suggests his favorites would be Static Shock or Batman Beyond. Uh, I think about Batman Beyond all the time and people have suggested this before, but Michael Keaton, I would love to see taking that, you know, that 80s Batman, the eight, Batman 89, and continue that story in its own little world and to have that as Michael Keaton playing Batman again. I, I think they could totally pull that off where he would be, you know, the, you know, the aged Bruce Wayne and uh, and just have a little side story. It doesn't have to be connected to the DCU, but I think that would be a lot of fun. So I would I would vote Batman Beyond. Well, yeah, I mean, because the, the problem with this is that every other animated property I can think of was adapted from the comics. Batman Beyond was something that was wholly original to itself. Right. So, I mean, you know, unless it was just other animated characters who I'd like to see show up. But for me, it's Terry McGinnis. I loved Batman Beyond. I watched every episode of that show that aired on Kids WB. So, I that's my vote. Ace, Terry, Dana, mm-hmm. you know, the whole gang. Yeah. Uh, Static Shock would be badass too, though. I mean, I would love to see that. And I just got my season one, my complete season one. I, I never watched that show tr- truly. I, I caught it in like snippets. Yeah. So I just got season one on my birthday and I'm totally going to sit down and like binge watch that. That's cool. All right. So we got a question from Brooklyn Batman and he asked, how do you feel about David Goyer co-writing Green Lantern Corps? Who would you pick to star in Green Lantern and who should direct? I mean, I'm, I don't know about you, Scott, but I mean, I'm generally okay with David Goyer doing a Green Lantern film. I mean, he, he you know, I think whoever does Green Lantern and is going to deal with the Green Lantern mythology, you know, I want it to be somebody that kind of knows the characters and knows the history. So I, I think David Goyer would be fine for that. I mean, I would want somebody with him that kind of, you know, smoothed over some of the rough edges that I felt like we had in Man of Steel. I think Jeff Johns is, I mean, l- l- I mean, who else? If you're talking Green Lantern, who else do you want there but Jeff Johns? Right. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I think I think Goyer would do quite fine, you know, so uh, I'd be totally okay with that. I mean, who would I pick to star in Green Lantern? I mean, there's all kinds of, you know, we, we talked about this before. I mean, I'd love to see like a, a Colin Farrell, I think would be really cool. Uh, who else have we talked about? Who else was rumored most recently? Oh, yeah. I've, God, going back to that rumor mill about of, of different actors to play Hal Jordan. And we never even talked about Jon Stewart. Yeah, that's, that's the rumor now is that it's going to be a buddy. It's going to be a buddy movie between Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Right, right. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily get into fan casting so much because I feel like, you know, most actors are pretty darn good. And, you know, I think any one of them would be okay. I mean, I, I, I don't get so hung up on the looks of people having to match the, the counterparts in the comics. I mean, just as a prime example, I mean, everything I've seen with uh, Ezra Miller so far, you know, what little we've seen, I think looks really good, you know. So uh, I'm pretty excited about having somebody that's as talented as him as an actor be able to come in and, and uh, play a role. I mean, he looks nothing like Barry Allen from the comics. <laughs> so Nothing at all. Nothing at all. So, uh, and if, if you could say that about Aquaman, <laughs> Jason Momoa looks nothing like Aquaman in the comics, but I'm totally fine with it. Yeah, yeah. And directing it, I, I don't even know. You know, my, my my knowledge of directors is so limited that I I don't, I'm sorry, Brooklyn Batman, I just don't have anything to say, like, this person should direct this film. Ah. 
Warner Brothers is going to find somebody who works for them. And I have, I've got nothing for that. Even though, because it is going to be like a buddy cop movie, Mm -hmm. you know, when I think of buddy cop movies, I think of someone like a Shane Black, Mm -hmm. who's never done, I mean, the only superhero thing he did was Iron Man 3, and I really didn't like Iron Man 3, which is a shame because I love, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Mm -hmm. and Nice Guys. Both of them are kind of buddy cop kind of movies that have a nice little comedic edge to them, and he does action well, but he, he's never, I do not know if he's ever done anything sci-fi related, but I have such a limited pool of directors that I know name-wise that that's the best I can come up with. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's got to be somebody that's going to have to be able to deal very effectively with, uh, you know, CGI, so that's about all we'd say at this point. Brooklyn Batman also asks, would you rather pick an up-and-coming director for The Flash or a veteran, and when do you think we'll see it? So, in this case, uh, I I personally want a veteran to tackle The Flash, you know, somebody that's got, at least got some directing experience. You know, that was my biggest problem with... Seth Grimm Smith. Yeah, Seth Grimm Smith was, I mean, he had never been a director, and so you're taking on something that's pretty a well-known property just because of the exposure that we've had with a couple different versions on TV. You know, it's it just seemed like, to me, it was too much of a risk to put somebody who just didn't have that experience, especially when they're going to have to be dealing with a lot of computer graphics as well. Uh, so I just, I want, again, I just want somebody that, you know, maybe has a few more uh, movies underneath their belt. Yeah, and I think when we'll see it, I don't think we're really going to be dealing with it till Ezra's nearly done with Fantastic Beasts 2. Yeah. Because I honestly think that's WB strategy is with Ezra doing Fantastic Beasts 2, which is also another Warner Brothers property mm-hmm. that that's bought themselves some time. Right, right. Yeah. And that's and that's also another reason why they're not in such a rush to get this Flash film going. I mean, you got to remember Warner Brothers puts out 20 films a year. One or two of them are DC films. <laughs> so they've got so many other things that, you know, that they're involved with as a studio. And then Brooklyn Batman ends up with, if Justice League is not popular with the critics, but as profitable, do you think they'd reboot the DCEU? No. 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 I, I mean, I, I think Ray brings up this point very well. You don't have to be popular with the critics to be profitable. I, and his point was, we're on our fifth Transformers movie and like our eighth Fast and Furious movie. You think those movies do well with critics? Generally not. But do they make a boatload of money? Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, Warner Brothers, you know, they're investing a lot in the DCEU and trying to build up a world here. They're not going to scrap it. You know, they're going to try to make adjustments to try to make themselves a little bit more mass appeal. You know, that's certainly going to happen. That's already happening, I guess. So you're going to see that. But uh, I mean, you're not going to scrap it. <laughs> you're not going to scrap it. I mean, you may you may move on to like another so-called generation of heroes in the films. But uh, I don't. Uh, yeah, I certainly don't see scrapping it. OK, um, well, this one's actually directed tr- at you, Tim. So I oh, think yeah. you should read it. All right. It says uh, this is from Amit. And Amit says, Tim, you seem to travel a fair bit. So I was just curious what you and Scott do in your secret identities. I'm studying engineering at MSU. Okay. Um, well, I'm an engineer myself. I work in the biomedical field. And uh, so I develop uh, surgical tools and instruments that surgeons will actually use during surgery. Uh, in particular, I work on knee replacements. So that's kind of what I do. And I'm an English teacher, uh, which is why you'll see me harass Tim endlessly on Twitter sometimes when he yeah. screws up his grammar because I just, I can't help myself. <laughs> and it's also why you never hear me say my last name or mention my family because um, I don't want my, I don't want anyone finding me. <laughs> when you're a public school teacher, there's, you know, and you're on the internet, you want to remain somewhat, you want some anonymity. So that's why you only hear my first name and I give you very little details as possible. Not because I don't like you guys, but because I don't want them finding, I don't want those little buggers finding me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm an English teacher. I read a lot I, and, um, and I correct Tim's grammar all the time. <laughs> 
and only half of it is bad grammar. The other half is like you know auto correcting. So which is still bad grammar when you when you don't proofread it. It is, that is true. I am a terrible proofreader. I am always in such a rush that I type something out real quick and hit send. <laughs> so uh, I've that's bitten me in the butt many times. <laughs> so some just this week actually. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you're correcting me on your and your. I'm like I know Scott. I believe you. I know. <laughs> but okay. there was that great GIF from Friends that I, I just had to use. I know it was. It was. I'm I'm glad you had fun with that. I did. I always do. <laughs> okay, Bobby Klaus uh, wrote us, and this is interesting because this was right about the time that Live by Night came out, and Bobby was asking anybody from Live by Night you'd like to see in the Batman with Ben Affleck, which of course you know that's a little different now because sure Affleck's not directing it anymore. But if we're just talking about actors who are in that film, mm-hmm. uh, Brendan Gleeson and Chris Cooper, I love those guys. Mm-hmm. They could be in anything, and I'd be happy. Yeah, I mean, uh... did you ever see it? No, I just actually just picked it up, and I I started watching. I'm about five minutes into it, and that's all I've been able to do. But yeah, I did pick it up on Vudu, so uh, sometime in the next couple of weeks, I'll, I'll watch it. Okay. You'll enjoy it. I did watch The Accountant, though, which you highly recommended. I was kind of, eh, it was okay. I, I know, which just shows me that I think you have terrible taste, so I don't know why I'm doing this podcast with you. I mean, really. Hmm. Okay. Um. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it's it's just about what your taste is, and for me, it just, it, 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 it hit me right where I was like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was okay. It, I mean, it was it was an interesting enough take, which, you know, it, 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 it kept me engaged in the film enough, but it wasn't like anything that I was like head over heels over. But yeah, and, and then I would say on the flip side, you are way more enthused about passengers than I am. So yeah. okay, see, there everybody, you go. Everybody's got their own taste. Yeah, uh, see, we, guys, we don't agree on everything. We don't agree on everything. That's for sure. Rob Speculum Fight asks, how can should the Wonder Woman movie be promoted so it doesn't upset misogynistic snowflakes? <laughs> I think the way they've been doing it, I yeah. think they've been marketing it perfectly. To yeah, be honest I mean, with you, yeah, I don't think there's any real problems with it. Actually, it's not been ironically the 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 things we haven't even discussed on the show it hasn't even been the misogynists who've been upset about it it's Mm -hmm. kind of been coming from the other end right right so i think the way they've been doing it Mm -hmm. because the promotion has been great so far and people are genuinely excited for the most part yeah and the jury's still out i mean we haven't really ramped up to the full promotion yet so we don't know exactly everything they're going to do but we're starting to see some of the early things like we did with batman v superman we know wonder woman's going to be on some i think it's dr pepper cans and things like that and of course we're starting to just slowly get some of the merchandise starting to float out. And I actually saw today, for those of you that are interested, there is uh, some information on one of the toys that's coming out that gives you an idea of what Ares looks like. So if, if you if you want to see it, you can go dig and find out. Yeah, it's Legos. So if you if to help you out there. Have you seen it, Scott? Yes, I have. Oh, yeah, it, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. I, I saw it. And then, um, and then of course, the Funko Pops are, yeah, are already right. coming out, which yep. I, I've, I've ordered. So what yeah. can I say? So, I mean, I guess when we're talking about promotion, I mean, I, I you know, we'll, we'll find out more. You know, it's it's still a little early for it. Okay. Uh, Ian X asks, do you think that we can slash should see Ben's Batman with the white eyes uh, like this? And then he just shows some photoshopped of the, him having white eyes as Batman. Similar similar to uh, Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man, and Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, we got the white eyes in, in, the, in the armored suit in yeah. Batman v Superman. That was cool to see. Yeah. But I don't think we when you say we can should can well yeah we did with the armored suit should we i don't see that happening there's way too much on film about an actor needing his eye
eyes to emote. Right. I mean, they've done that with um, who's the Tom Holland Spider Man? They finally given him like lenses so his eyes can the eyes on his suit can move the way they do in the comics and they can express emotion. So yeah. well, and they even did that with Deadpool. I mean, they they animated his eyes in that you know because obviously you don't see any eyeballs or anything, but they just kind of animate the um, the appearance of the eyes on the on the costume itself. So um, I personally would not want to see it if they didn't glow. Like I love the glowing white effect. I thought that came off really, really cool in Batman v Superman. So I, I think if, you know, if you have a guy that, uh, you know, likes to dress as a bat that we dig, you know, I think it would be pretty cool to, you know, if you're Batman to in the dark, just suddenly have your eyes start glowing, you know, as another means to try to intimidate your opponents and all that. So I, I would like to see if they do do it, they use it in those situations where it can be turned on or off. All right, guys. So that's it. We're going to call this one to an end here because we got through about two thirds now of all the questions that we got when we solicited questions and we're going to have part three sometime at a later date and uh, quite honestly there's a lot of email questions here that we have in our notes and we really need to kind of sort through them and kind of distill it down to what the question actually is because there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of verbiage in here so we're going to make that part three but so for this one we're going to go ahead and call this one a night and uh, I don't know Scott anything you want to say well no just um, as always we want to thank you guys for listening we hope you've you've enjoyed the discussion and hope if you if your question got asked on this show we hope you enjoyed the answer and you know as always we love interacting with you so please reach out to us we can always be reached at twitter um, at suicide squadcast i can be reached individually at scott dc 27 yep and then you can reach me on twitter as well at alan fire and you can email us at suicide squadcast at gmail.com and we try to respond and at least react to all tweets and emails so uh, guys if, if you are a fan of the show please do not hesitate to reach out to us and if if you'd also like you can go ahead and leave us a review on itunes and you know we as you know we for every 10 positive reviews written reviews that we get we have a dc trade paperback giveaway so don't hesitate to leave us a review we always appreciate them and it always helps out our show as well yes and of course please go and visit our website www.suicidesquadcast.com you can find links to all three of the shows in the network including dc tv squadcast and dc comics squadcast at please check out youtube and subscribe to our youtube channel which is the suicide squadcast network uh, suicide squadcast squadcast is one word and in uh, same thing suicide squadcast network you can find us on facebook which once again will find you links to all three shows in our network yep very good all right scott i think it's time for us to try to get some sleep here i like that plan yeah very good so guys we had a lot of fun and we will see you guys next week and make sure you go out and keep reading dc bye guys God, what's up with DC on screen, man? These guys are so needy. It's like that girlfriend that just won't go away. I mean, I know. honestly, dude. Seriously. Course, I know. Uh, well, you know, we could send them a present. Ooh, I like that idea. Because there's only one kind of present that we give here on the Suicide Squadcast. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, this is this is from our heart, guys.
Did we make fun of him enough, though? I think so. Okay, because I want to make fun of him even more. <laughs> oh, don't be mean. I'm not being mean. It's it's all it's all in good fun. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. I, I've seen your <laughs> I've seen your level. Of, I've I've seen your style of fun. No thanks. <laughs> Return to sender. Address unknown.